This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt and this is Jessica and we're joining you for a video uh, podcast as well as our radio show on 91.5. And looking forward to starting this program with you, Jessica. Can you let everybody know how to be a part of the program and how to watch it and how to see it and yes. how to listen to it? So if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're so glad that you joined us. Morning Breath is a radio program, now podcast, now a video podcast, where we talk about one chapter of the Bible every day. We have a list of chapters that we prepare way in advance. And so it's really been cool that we're in Acts, and today we're in Acts chapter 17. And so we just invite you to join us Um, As you're, maybe this is how you read your Bible along with us, or this is something you do in addition, whatever it is, that's how you do it. We read one chapter, we talk about the verses that stand out to us, and you can find out more at our website, eccc.us, or our app, the East Coast app, or you can call our church offices at 321-452-1060 for more info. That's right, and today we're in Chacks, or Chacks, (laughs) the chapter of Acts, also known as Chacks. Uh, Acts chapter 17, yeah, and uh, excited about that. And uh, we are also in the midst while we're recording this. If you watch this in a hundred years from now, we're <laughs> in uh, this COVID 19 uh, stay at home order as a nation. Uh, it's very odd to be honest in this, and I think we're, we're kind of uh, about six weeks in or five, five to six in. I've lost track of days. I'm sure that you are listening to me and you understand that you're like, what day is it? Like, I never know what day it is in the morning. I'm like, days are kind of like flying by, but also like dragging by too. It's this weird, weird dynamic. But I had a thought yesterday when I was thinking about just this crazy, different, odd state of affairs that we're in right now, is that what could we put into our lives during this time where maybe we have a little more time or everything has kind of been shaken up to where we're able to to put new um, disciplines, new habits, new things in our life. And so I've just been kind of thinking and talking to my friends about what is the thing that you're going to come out of this. We're going to be on the other side of this. This too shall pass. And what are we? Gonna, what are we going to be happy that we implemented into our lives during this time? Yeah. Or what will we regret that we didn't, didn't do? do or exactly. Didn't take advantage exactly. Of? And uh, I think this is also a really good time to decide and <clears throat> ask ourselves what is important, what's yeah. essential, what really matters uh, in the world. And are we a part of that? Are we doing that? Or have we structured our life around unessential things that don't matter and, and aren't important? And now's a good time to take a look. It's, it's not a great time to, per se, grow into all these new, wonderful, crazy, cool ideas and all this stuff. It's not necessarily a time for that. It's really a time to reflect and maybe even a time to prune, but a time to zero in on the essential things of the heart, the essential things of God. And uh, when we get through to the other side of this, I believe that there'll be time for growth and there'll be time for renewal. And even when Jesus went through the wilderness time, at the end of it, the Bible says that he came out in the power mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. But during the time of his wilderness, he was avoiding temptation. He was refining and defining who he was and what he stood on as a man of God. And he, he was using the word of God that was in him to fight his battles for him. Yes, exactly. All of that. And there's so much more uh, that we could say about that, but we're going to jump in Acts chapter 17, and we'll be with you about a total of 25 minutes. 
And Jessica, are you are you going to read the whole thing again? I've been enjoying that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, then I will. I wasn't going to, but I will. Okay, I can start reading. What? Will yeah. we read like one verse, or what do you think? <laughs> Why don't you start here in verse 16, at verse 16 and I'll read up All right, something. I will. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right, Acts chapter 17. Now, after Paul and Silas had traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul entered the synagogue, as was his custom, and for three Sabbaths he engaged in discussion and friendly debate with them from the scriptures, explaining and pointing out scriptural evidence that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I'm proclaiming to you, is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed. And some of them were persuaded to believe and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large number of the God-fearing Greeks and many of the leading women. But the unbelieving Jews became jealous, and take Taking along some thugs from the lowlifes in the marketplace, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar, and then, attacking Jason's house, tried to bring Paul and Silas out to the people. But when they failed to find them, they dragged Jason and some brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. And Jason has welcomed them into his house and protected them. And they all are saying things contrary to the decrees of Caesar, actually claiming that there is another king, Jesus. They stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things, and when they had taken security, bail from Jason and the others, they let them go. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they entered the Jewish synagogue. Now these people were more noble and open-minded than those in Thessalonica, so they received the message of salvation through faith in the Christ, with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. As a result, many of them became believers, together with a number of prominent Greek women and men, but when the Jews of Thessalonica learned that the word of God concerning eternal salvation through faith in Christ had also been preached by Paul at Berea, they came there too, agitating and disturbing the crowds. So at that time, the brothers immediately sent Paul away to go as far as the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained here at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens, and after receiving instructions from Paul for Silas and Timothy to join him, as soon as possible, they left. That's right. Verse 16 while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seemed to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him into the meeting place of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what that means. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Paul then stood up in the meeting in the Oropagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God, so that you are ignorant of the very thing that you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, 
He himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. From in, for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your unknown poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human hands and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, We want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysus, a member of the Oropagus, a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. Amen. There's a lot of uh, good verses in that that you like memorize, like in him we live and move and have our being. And I love to read that and hear the context around it. Did anything jump out to you at first? Um, Let's see. I love this one verse in here. It says, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have uh, now come here. And I just, I just think it's interesting that these guys have caused trouble. And really, I think one translation says, like, flipped. Yeah, Mike this. says, he, these men who have turned the world upside yeah. down have come here too. I love that because it makes me think, you know what? With the power of the gospel, we can flip the world upside down. With yeah. uh, everything that's going on in this world right now, every, every struggle that's happening, every, everything that's pressuring against God, we can flip it upside down with the word of God and really the message of Christ. I love that. That's, yeah. that's the first thing that stood out yeah, to me. Yeah, I love that verse too. Um, I wrote verse 11 for my soap verse, actually, and it was, Now these people were more noble and open-minded than those in Thessalonica, so they received the message of salvation through faith in Christ with great eagerness, can't say that word, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And I just, my, my observations of that verse is these people had eyes to see, and they were not full of pride. They were open-minded, but then they also, so they received it, they were receptive, but then they also continued to dig into the word to make sure to confirm, which in turn built their faith. And so it wasn't blind faith. It wasn't like, I'm going to believe everything that you tell me right now. It was like, yes, I'm going to be open to this. And the Holy Spirit is is um, confirming this in me, but then I'm going to still read daily the scriptures to confirm it. And so my application for myself was confirm daily. Like, yes, believe with faith and, and um, believe the things that you're taught in church and believe the things that you hear on podcasts from, from Christian, from solid believers, but then dig into the word, read your Bible for yourself daily and have it confirm in your heart. Do your part of seeking and you will find. And so my prayer was, Lord, you never fail. Thank you for revealing yourself to me every time I seek you. And the way you connect the dots and weave stories together is amazing. And so that has a little backstory, which I'm going to share with you now. Um, I'm going to be a, a bit transparent. So on Sunday night, we had preached. So this was a week ago, not this past Sunday, yesterday, but a week ago. So eight days ago. And we had done the message together. And um, there's something about putting yourself out there 
that's a little difficult because you then watch yourself and you can, I think we're our own worst critic. And so, yes, we're doing this for the Lord and not unto men and all that is holy. But in our human nature, there is something that is a little difficult to wrap your mind around. And you're sitting there with your family watching yourself speak. I mean, you have more experience with this. It's even, absolutely terrifying. It's awful. There's so many things about it that are awful, but it's awesome. It's an honor and a privilege and it's all of those things. So it's a lot in your mind. But we preach that day. I had slept in that, that morning. We preached actually before and recorded it. So that morning we woke up and watched it together. And um, I had not had a chance, I did not make a chance to read my Bible that morning I slept in. And normally I would read my Bible first thing in the morning and do my soap. But so around 6.30 p.m., I was just feeling anxious. And I would say angsty, if that's a word. <laughs> and um, I also that day had been dealing with a bit of frustration with this offense that had come against me. And this is like a not a cyclical thing, but like something that had happened before that I had had to forgive. And so that was also like on the back burner and all of these emotions were swirling. And I, it was about 6.30, you went to the driving range and I was just literally walking around our house, like aimless, angsty and anxious. And I realized, I felt like the Holy Spirit reminded you, hey, you didn't read your Bible today. Like maybe you should go do that. And at first I was like, I don't need to go do that just to do it. I need to have a right motive around it. And I still, and I was like, I really just want to go read my book, like my fiction book. And I, that was not going to bring me peace. And so I was, I was like, fine, I'm going to go read my Bible. So I read Proverbs 19. And of course, when you seek, he is always so faithful to be there for you. Like instantly I come across verse 11. So Proverbs 19, 11, and it's good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger. And it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. Woo! Read my mail right away. I mean, all I had to do was sit down and read 11 verses, and there it was, the answer to all that I needed. And so I sat down, and I did my soap, and in my prayer, I wrote this other thing. I wrote, you are my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You are the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And I know these verses are in the Bible, but I honestly had no idea where they were. They've just, they were in me and they came out in my prayer. And so I, I intended to go find those verses later to find out so I could write down, you know, this is, I think it was a Psalm or maybe it was in Proverbs. I didn't know where it was. And um, I forgot to do that. So the next day, I get a text from a friend and this is a person who sends like a Devo and a verse out to like hundreds of people every day. This is just like her ministry, like a text ministry. And the, what verses did she send me? Those verses. You are my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You are the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And, and she had the verse. It was from Psalm 27. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to go find those verses. And then God just literally put them in my lap the next morning, like, 12 hours later. Not only that, so that was like a super confirmation and such a blessing to me. But then I was talking to a friend later that day and for some reason I felt led to share this experience with her to encourage her. And she said, you will never guess my face right now. And she put all these funny emoji faces. And she said, Psalm 27 is the chapter that God has been telling me I need to dig into and memorize. And this is such a confirmation to me. And so all of those things, only God can weave those things together. To take a moment where I was just full of angst, or I finally just was obedient to sit down and open the Bible. I, I sought, I, I seeked, sought, sought the past tense of seek, seek, I think it is. I sought and I found. <laughs> and it was just the coolest experience to see. And then like, then I was able to tell my friend who texted me, 
you will never believe what a confirmation that was. And it made her cry. And then my other friend, it was a confirmation to her. And God is awesome. He is just amazing. I love that. I love two things about that because one is you decided, hey, I'm going to press in and read my Bible. When I didn't feel like it. When God, and God showed up. Yes. And then the other is God's like, well, even though you didn't do it perfect, I'm going to show up anyway and bless you today with this. It was better. Um, Can I get a time check? Because I... Yeah. I want to know where we're at so that I can... Uh, Nine minutes. Perfect. Awesome. So this kind of goes along with that. Uh, verse 29, um, this has been something that I've been thinking through and considering for my own life, uh, especially more now than ever. It says, therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In other words, he is he's in this temple with all of these idols that have been built and that these people are worshiping and really they've built the very thing that they're asking to bless them. And it's very odd, right? Yeah. It's like, but I think, I think we kind of do that too sometimes is we build things in life and we ask God to bless them. And it's very common for us to go, Lord, bless this thing I'm about to do that I did not even consider you in the first place, okay? Mm -hmm. And there is a place for that. Like, we do get choices in life, and God does give us wisdom, and we can build things, and God even gives us mercy to bless things that uh, that we don't really deserve a blessing in that area. And God gives us grace, too, and, and undeserved gifts and undeserved favor in our life. But generally speaking, I think it's better for us to go, Lord, what do you want? Uh, me to do? What What do you want me to do with my life? What, what decisions would you like me to make in my marriage, with my finances, with my children, my church, my community? And when we obey the Lord, the blessing follows. In other words, we don't build things and then ask God to bless it. We actually ask God, where is the blessing? And we go build there, okay? Um, this is very apparent for us, I think, God taught us quite a bit about this through a lot of hardship early on in our marriages, um, especially finances. We we had some great financial principles when we started, but we were definitely uh, kind of got in that trap of 2006 and seven and, and five when people were buying houses and all these things and just kind of following where a quote unquote blessing was. And the real estate market blew up in our face and blew up in a lot of people's face. And we were just, we, we'd seen several times along the way that God put those whispers in our heart, don't buy that, don't go there, don't invest into that. And we're like, no, that's where the money is. That's where we're going, Lord bless that. And sure enough, uh, we had a lot of hardship financially from, from owning two houses and the, it all turned against us. So we, we kind of hit the reset button and we said, God, like, what should we do with our lives what should we do with our finances? We need your grace and we need your mercy now. And we completely rebuilt our finances around godly principles and godly structures. And that was, uh, we, we found Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. There's other ones out there. In fact, we were given a great uh, godly budgeting tool when we first got married that we did not use. Uh, and um, we started using godly principles like avoiding debt when at all possible and, and having savings and having an emergency fund and, 
and not allowing uh, lenders to become your master and giving and tithing and putting these things first in our lives. And when we begin to do it the Lord's way, we begin to see blessings and opportunities come our way that we can actually do something about because we've been setting ourselves up to doing it God's way. And I think, I think that we can sit back here and go, why would anyone build something and then worship it? Uh, but if we want to ask ourselves that question and say, have I built anything that I'm now asking God to bless, mm-hmm. that I'm now worshiping? Uh, maybe we should consider that factor for our own life. And I don't know, I think we can even ask God, is there something that I've built up that I need to tear down? Yeah. Is there some kind of thing that I've put into my life I need to put to the side mm-hmm. and ask you, Lord, to show me the way and ask you to uh, what should I do with my life? And, you know, I have a great uh, mentor, uh, long life, longtime friend. Uh, his name is Mike, Pastor Mike Pilavachi. He, he was always known for saying, let's not ask God to bless what we're doing. Let's look where the Holy Spirit is moving mm-hmm. and follow what he's doing and get behind that. And I'll never forget that because it, it, it marked my life and it impacted me as a young 20-year-old. Um, God, where are you moving right now? What are you blessing? What are you doing, God, that I can become a part of, that I, I can get involved in? And God blesses certain things, but surely God is doing certain things today that he wasn't doing yesterday. He's doing new things continually in the world. The Bible says he will do a new thing. Can you see it? Isaiah chapter 43, I believe. Yeah. Can we see the new things that God is doing right now? And one of the things that God is working in right now is we can reach people for him uh, in this day and age like never before because people are hungry. Mm-hmm. We can call, we can text, we can Facebook, we can video chat our family, our friends, our acquaintances, and they're open. Yeah, It's a new thing in our culture Yeah, that's been like never before. Totally. I have several things on what you just said. First of all, one thing, like I talked about at the very beginning, what thing could we implement into our lives during this time that we would be very thankful that we did is something like a budget, is something like looking at our money and every dollar has a name is what Dave Ramsey says. And so what the, the way that we started with all this was I found a book at the library called The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And I guarantee you that it's probably free as an ebook on the library right now and the libraries are closed right now but you can find it on the ebook yeah. library website Dave Ramsey would have been proud of us we didn't even buy, we didn't his, even buy book. his book okay. yes we I'm got like, it for free from the almost library, at the library. Okay. get what I need make copies of the forms in the back and we're going to be done but yeah that is something that you could do right now is read the total money makeover and learn how to do a budget that's how we started and that's how God really turned around our finances when we took that step um, also on that verse that you first mentioned about um Yours said, so then being God's offspring, my my translation of the Bible says, that, so then being God's children, we should not think that the divine nature or deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination or skill of man. And that, um, that word God's children really stuck out to me because there's this, this orphan spirit that some people operate under. And it's like, I, I may have a father and mother on earth, but I don't recognize that I am God's daughter. Mm. I am God's son. Like he is my father. He is He is the father who will never let me down. He will never leave me or forsaken. I am chosen. I have been adopted into his family. When I say yes to God, I am, I ha, I am, I am accepting that he has chosen me. He has already chosen us. He has already said, you are my daughter. You are my son. 
um, you are wanted and you are accepted, but then we have to say, yes, you know, that's all we have to do. Salvation is a free gift of God. It's not of works. So no one can boast about it. It's not like I can do anything to be his daughter, except, except that gift. And so I think just, I want to talk to anybody who feels like they don't maybe have a spiritual or a, a earthly father. God is your father. You have an earthly father. God is still your father. And I know that you had a huge revelation of God being your father one day. And you've talked about that before, but I just really had that heavy on my heart that you have to know that that, that spirit um, of orphan, like being an orphan, you are not that. And I rebuke that off of your life right now in Jesus' name. You are a chosen daughter of God. You are a chosen son of God. He loves you. Nothing you can do, have done, or ever will do will change that fact either. Like he loves you. I love it. And uh, if God's your father, then he's your provider. Yeah. He's your source. And that's a that's a deep revelation, really, I would even say an identity yes. that we need to have about ourselves. Um, when we don't know that God's our, our dad, we can be more scared. But knowing that he's our father, knowing that we are heirs, knowing that we are his children, it gives us a hope uh, that the world that doesn't know that doesn't have. Uh, it gives us, um, when we're afraid, it gives us courage that we could never have on our own. Mm -hmm. When we feel lack, it gives us a hope like never before. And I want to encourage you today that maybe you'd spend some time contemplating and thinking about the fact that God's your father and that he loves you just like a child, just like a favorite son, a favorite daughter. Well, that fun alarm means <laughs> that we're done, okay? Yes. Thanks for listening and thanks for being a part of this podcast and radio show. We'll see you next time. Bye. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531, Barfield Contracting. Treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. 
East Coast Christian Center Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.